Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast. My name is Akun Wong and I'm the Editor-in-Chief of Football Garbage Time. And with me today are my co-hosts, the godfather of Football Garbage Time, Scott King, and the OG, Ryan Whitfield. Hey, Happy New Year, guys. How you doing? Doing great. Happy New Year. Excellent. I am, I am also really excited about the new year. Uh, and Ryan, you there? Well, I see Ryan on the board, but as per usual, we can't hear Ryan. Maybe that's all for the best. <laughs> Maybe that's all for the best, everybody. Uh, so we'll try to get that all reset in a second. But hey, listen, Happy New Year to all our listeners. Happy New Year to you, both Scott and Ryan. Just yesterday, someone said something that was very insightful to me uh, when I was out at lunch. He said that this day is the best day of 2024, so that it's the only day of 2024. The bad news, of course, is that today is January 2nd. And I can already tell you that this is not the best day of 2024 for me, even though it's been so, it's only been two days. How about you, Scott? How's your 2024 been treating you? All right, so now, Ryan, are you still there? And of course, this wouldn't be football garbage time if it wasn't for the <laughs> if it wasn't for the fact we have technical issues along the way. Hey, Scott, you there? Yeah, back. Sorry about that. It was just gone. Yeah, I, it's super. It's super weird. But uh, we've now lost Ryan twice, lost you once. This is like an all-time record for us, uh, blowing the opening of a podcast. It was fantastic. We're literally going to use up the entire theme song um, with me uh, trying to talk over the fact that we keep dropping callers. So anyway, Scott, how has your 2024 been treating you? It's been good so far. Um, didn't, didn't get too well my picks last night, uh, but uh, I'll, I'll take it. They, they were good games, so that's all that matters. Okay, all right. That's yeah, I, I, I agree. Hey, hey, Ryan, you still there? And we cannot hear Ryan. Anywhere, I'm not sure what's going on there, but <laughs> so you know what? The theme song is over, and we've managed to somehow use it all up talking about how 2024 has been not great for everybody, and how we can't seem to get Ryan onto the show, which hopefully will happen shortly. So with that said, I'm just going to continue to roll on here because I think that uh, this technical difficulty is going to take over the show. So we got a lot to talk about today. All right, we got some questionable ref calls in week 17. We got the NFL playoff clinching scenarios, and there are a lot of them, a lot of them going into week 18. We got some fantasy football advice for those of you who are playing in week 18 because there are a lot of teams that are going to be sitting people and so much more. So let's go ahead and let's just finally get this thing rolling. All right, so Scott. The first thing we want to talk about are these questionable ref calls in Week 17. I'm going to let you take the lead on this because, of course, you are the Detroit Lions fan. I think everyone saw what happened at the end of the Detroit-Dallas game there on the two-point conversion. Take us through it. Your, take us through, first of all, what you think happened 
and your thoughts on that final call. Yeah, it was a pretty it was a pretty rough one to watch. It was it was a great game, you know, leading up to that point, kind of back and forth, some turnovers. Lions defense kind of played played pretty well, and then yeah, drive the field. Everybody knew Dan Campbell was going to go for two. That's on brand. I'm good with it, and. You know, it looks like they they sent all the players in, and Decker went over to report, as he should have. And, you know, all the replays, all the accounts look like the ref just missed it. Dan Skipper, who comes in often in every single game of theirs, he'll come in and play an eligible tight end a lot. And he'd been doing it, I think, four or five times in the game. And I think the refs were just, confused and it was a big moment and and he just you know looked at the wrong guy and called out the wrong number I think the part that makes it so difficult and and so frustrating for Dan Campbell is he met with the refs before the game which is is common and you hear it from a lot of coaches and went over this play exactly he had it on paper walk through what they were going to do. And so it's not like this play just came out of left field and the refs didn't right. have any idea it was coming. Right. Campbell told them, I'm sure, hey, this is a goal line or a two-point play. This is what we're going to do. And all accounts are the players did exactly what they were supposed to do. And the refs just blew it. And I would be – I I'd not happy about it, but I would be okay if came out and said, you know what, like, I totally blew it. I messed up. Like, I mixed up the numbers. My bad. But now they're spinning it into the player didn't do enough to record and didn't (laughs) grab the ref by the neck. And it's just like, are we seriously going down this path? So on brand, um, you know, they were locked up in the playoffs. They already had the three seed in, in their pocket. No one expected, um, you know, San Francisco to lose or, the, you know, the situation to be what it is. So um, I'm okay with it. You know, he tried three times the two-point conversion. That's Dan Campbell. I'm on board with it. It's it's on brand. Um, and and so I, I'm just prepared to move on. But that was only one of several missed calls. They missed a blatant P.I. on a Monra and then – Right. They actually called a trip against Aiden Hutchinson, or they called a trip on Dallas, when in fact it was Aiden Hutchinson who was trying to trip uh, Tony Pollard, which changed the scope of the game. So whatever happened, there was a lot of referee mistakes. Um, good news is everybody's going to get to see this crew on the primetime dealer right. Raven game Saturday <laughs> night. So well done, NFL, to put these guys right back in the spotlight. I know, I know. Although, as you mentioned, uh, as you're alluding to, though, they have been demoted for the playoffs. You actually tweeted that out. I mean, why are they being demoted? They did nothing wrong. Clearly, they've missed calls all season long, all right? This this uh, this Brad Allen crew has missed uh, calls all season long. Certainly was very impactful, right? Because the ultimate impact of this is that Dallas essentially controls its fate at locking in the second seed and um, in the NFC with a win in, uh, in, in Week 18, Lions likely to be third seed. Eagles now likely to be fifth seed. It could have been all different. If the Lions had won, uh, they would be 12-4, and four, had a chance at the one seed being in control of the two seed. And the NFC is a pretty significant impact here uh, with this call, assuming that it's wrong. And, of course, you know, we, can, we all don't know what happened there, but clearly it looked wrong. So clearly an issue there. 
Um, all right, let's. Uh, we have a caller here. We got uh, Nas here who has a question. Uh, Nas, uh, how you doing? Yeah, I'm doing good, man. Uh, happy New Year, you guys. Uh, yeah, Happy New Year. To get this in real quick. Yes, sir. Uh, before y'all got into the playoff scenarios, okay. I think the more interesting thing is who's done some of these like these matchups, like the Chicago situation. Uh, does Fields keep that job, or do they, you know, figure out whether they're drafting somebody? The Atlanta scenario to where. Sure. They're basically good enough to make the playoffs, but I think most people are dissatisfied with Arthur Smith as a coach. So, like, where, where do you think some of these situations go? And I'm just throwing out those two, but, you know, if you guys want more. It's, well, well, I can know. certainly say that the, the Bears, up until the uh, end of Sunday night football, had a less than 1% chance of making the playoffs. Obviously, the Green Bay Packers and the Minnesota Vikings had to tie. That did not happen, so they're out. You know what? The crowd wants Justin Fields. We got the one. We definitely got the number one overall pick. We got the tenth pick. I think we trade back. We get someone like Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, and you know, take a take a haul and again do with it to build around Justin Fields for one more year. Get that offensive line built. Get some more targets out there uh, for him to work with. Build up on that defense uh, a little bit. I mean, obviously we've benefited dramatically from Montez Sweat uh, trade midway through the season. I mean, there's no reason for us to go and get another quarterback at this point. And if we do, we can get one later. <laughs> and we will, everything we have in place will be good for that quarterback uh, to put him in uh, almost immediately. So I think that that's the way we should go. I mean, it doesn't make much sense. The question, of course, is what will we do with Justin Fields? Do you assign him to a very long extension? Sign him something a little bit shorter? Will he want something shorter? And how do you handle that? And that's a big question for the offseason. Uh, any thoughts here, uh, Scott, on the other scenarios there? Falcons and everything. I know yep. you're kind of tied into some of the Falcons as well. Yeah, I'll touch on Atlanta being here in Atlanta. You know, we, we, um, Junior and I uh, talk about this quite a bit. He's a huge Falcons fan. If they had any quarterback play at all, this is probably a 10 11 win team. So they pulled off seven, facing eight wins with just probably some of the worst quarterback play in the league. I think last time I checked, they were third or fourth fewest points given up in the NFC. This is a solid defense. This team has Bijan Robinson, Kyle Pitts, and Drake London. Like, think about those weapons and stick those on, you know, some other teams and what would they be doing? So I think they're definitely going quarterback. Could Arthur Smith get fired? Absolutely. There's always these coaches who – get fired kind of out of the blue. I don't think it's any surprise he's on the hot seat. But, you know, we're going to see a handful of coaches, including some we didn't expect to get let go, let go. And, and I think Atlanta's right, you know, right there. And if the Bears are looking to trade back, I think a, a good trade partner for them would be the Falcons. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. I think that's a really good, that's a really good point there. Uh, obviously, there's, I think there's obviously a, a future for Justin Fields is a question of where that would be. There's also a future for that one number one pick, and I don't think we should be using it on Caleb Williams. Um, Ryan, any thoughts on this? Am I in here now? You are indeed in here. Welcome to the show, Ryan. <laughs> Jeez Louise. Thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I won't. Say, the only thing I'll touch on the thing the two uh, the two topics the two teams you guys just covered. Um, Justin Fields is making a believer out of me a little bit here, so I actually 
Uh, I think when we talked about it maybe two weeks ago now, where I gave my list of basically the entire league should be in the quarterback market. I right. still think in that second, third, fourth round, something like that, the Bears should bring in another young quarterback uh, to compete and push with him. But I still don't think there's enough weapons around him, and I, and I still see enough flashes from fields um, that I'm not willing to put him in the, the Mac Jones, you know, uh, Trey Lance bust conversation right now. So I think there's an interesting situation for them to have there. Um, I think the Commanders is interesting right now uh, yeah. because Sam Howell at moments look, did look really good this year. Um, right. And, you know, I know ultimately that's now fallen off the rails, but rookies tend to hit a wall towards the back half of the year. And um, so, again, in, in, in Washington, I would change the coach and I would still go uh, attempt to bring in another young guy uh, in the draft um, to push. Uh, but uh, but other than that, um, you know, I think uh, uh uh, the commanders, you know, I would like to see them continue to, to, to see it out. Whereas actually a team that we, you guys teed up a few minutes ago uh, that I know just secured avoiding a losing season again in the Steelers. Uh, right. It's not a Kenny Pickett fan coming out. No, nope. still not a fan. I don't think you should be fooled by the fact they got to nine wins uh, <laughs> this year uh, because right. uh, you know, I think that they're, they're close. That's just kind of Mike Tomlin's floor because of what he's been able to do as a coach in the NFL. I mean, um, second longest tenured outside of Belichick, I believe. Um, right. And all he does is, you know, at least go 500. Whereas, well, his floor is what Jeff Fisher's ceiling was uh, outside of that one season in 99 uh, with the Titans. So uh, we, haven't, right. we haven't taken a random shot at Jeff Fisher on this show in about five years. So I, got <laughs> but, I know. You used um, to take one every week. So this is great. <laughs> Jeff Fisher appreciates that. Touch on, this team is not going to miss the playoffs. But I hope there is a ground swelling, uh, and I talked about this two weeks ago, and I think it's only gotten worse since the last time we talked on here. Nick Sirianni is a effing tool bag. He is a loser. <laughs> okay. That team went to the Super Bowl in spite of him last year, not because of him. And as the wheels continue to fall off, I hope everybody's okay. seeing what he really is. Because what I'm seeing actually more of on Twitter uh, is that, oh, see, this is the real Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts can't get it done. There's a real ceiling here. No, the coach is a loser. He has no right. business being an NFL coach, and he's the one that should go, not Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts was an MVP candidate till four weeks ago, so let's not let's not do this. Do not scapegoat the wrong guy, because when you scapegoat the wrong guy, <clears throat> John Harbaugh or Jim Harbaugh years ago in San Fran, what happened to them when they took Trent Baalke's side over him? Don't get it yeah. wrong. Who's who's the wrong one? Or I guess more recent, uh, the Patriots choosing uh, Belichick over Brady. Don't want to get it wrong. <laughs> and in this case, right. Hurts is more important to that franchise than Nick Sirianni. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with them coming into playoffs. We'll talk about them in the playoff scenarios in a second. Hey, Nas, thanks for calling back in, man. You've been a caller for a couple of years now, so we appreciate you listening and calling in. Thanks for calling us, and Happy New Year, my friend. Uh, yep, Happy New Year. Have a good one. All right. So let's move on to the uh, the next. So we were a little bit derailed here because we have the questionable ref calls there. Detroit and Dallas. I'll quickly co- I'll quickly cover this. We get this one minute, and then we'll go to the playoff clinching scenarios, which I think is going to be more interesting for us to talk about. But Bengals and the Chiefs. You know, the Chiefs beat the Bengals twenty-five to seventeen on Sunday. They secure the AFC West, clinch their spot in the AFC playoffs. The Bengals, on the other hand, with the loss, are eliminated from the playoffs. So again, pretty significant impact here. Uh, the two calls that I'm going to talk about, not as impactful as, as Brad Allen's call uh, in the Detroit Dallas game. That one looked clearly erroneous and made it had a direct impact on the score, but uh, still questionable nonetheless. The first was an intentional grounding call on uh, Bengals quarterback Jake Browning late in the fourth quarter. 
Uh, Browning got out of the pocket, threw the ball past the line of scrimmage. Joe Mixon was in the area. Uh, there was also a question of whether Browning was hit as he threw the football, which changed the direction of the pass. But either way, only served to further muddy the validity of the intentional grounding call. And then, of course, in the Bengals' next drive, Chris Jones lined up offsides clearly but was not called for it. Chiefs sacked Browning on that play. Of course, both of those calls led to derailed drives, and, uh, and, that, and in a one-score game, that is obviously incredibly meaningful. So, ref calls, bad calls by Brad Allen, bad calls in the Bengals-Chiefs. Let me just swing around to you here because you haven't had a chance to talk, chime in on this, Ryan. What are your thoughts about the refs this year? What do you think about, you think about these calls in Week 17? Is there a problem here, or is this just, you know, chance just happens? Yeah, I mean, I think it's an imperfect science, and I don't, I don't want to go down and derail this and go into a soapbox, but, you know, I've, I think I've said on the show before, right now you're hearing in college football that there's, you know, Florida State getting left off. Well, there's not enough teams. There's only, there's only four. They've got to expand, the, expand it to eight. Well, March Madness has 68 teams in it, and people still complain about the 69th and 70th and 71st and 72nd teams that got hosed. Uh, <laughs> sure. If you go to full replay, you're still going to have the same debates. Hockey's a great one, right? Because now they, because of super slow motion replay, we get the offside calls more, uh, way more accurate. But it's like, well, if a guy's toe of his skate is offsides by a millimeter and then someone scores a minute and a half later on the possession, did that really impact the game? Was that the spirit of the rule? So like this, this constant pursuit of perfection just ends up making me have to watch uh, a replay for 20 minutes between the Mets and the San Francisco Giants on the second inning of a May baseball game to see if a guy's <laughs> hand came off the bag on the slide a second sure. by a millimeter. Yep. Yep. So that, that stuff drives me nuts. So I yep. start that by saying I just I don't think that's a perfect science, and I don't care what you do. There's going to be ways for people to feel slighted, feel frustrated, and whatever. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I pretty much – Sorry, yep. just quickly, Scott touched on this. I think it's the most important thing. Just yeah. don't piss on our head until it's raining, right? We've all been in, we've all been out to eat before where, you know, our, someone messed up and our meal hasn't come out yet, and they come out and say it'll be another two or three minutes, and it's another 10 or 15. And it's like just come out after the game and say we got the call wrong. We messed up. You know, the yeah. NBA does the pool report, which I think is a great thing that they do where they say, and, yeah, people are still mad because they're like, well, we, we still got slight. And it's like, well, at least they're being accountable, though. And that's, right, not what, right. that's not what the NFL does. The NFL is protect the shield, cover our asses, circle the wagons, all of that. Um, the last thing I'll say on is I just I, – I wonder, I wonder if they do that because, you know, remember the ref strike about 10 years ago and that the refs sure. are full-time employees. And so if there's a little bit of, like, they protect them because if they make the job even less desirable and they, right. that relationship is already tenuous, does it, does it get even harder to get refs to come out there if they're going to air them out to dry after? So yeah, there's yeah. a whole bunch of dynamics, and as always, it comes down to the money. Yeah, and I, I do think at the end of the day, though, that there is an issue that's systemic in the way that roughing has gone. This year particularly has been particularly egregious and has had a significant impact. Like we just talked about the impact that it had on Detroit and Dallas. Uh, this certainly impacted the Bengals, who are now eliminated, impacted the Chiefs who next week don't have to play for anything because they're locked in at week at the, the three seats. So there's some really some significant impact. They need to go back and review the system, fix it uh, for next year. All right, let's stop talking about that, all the bad things that are happening in the NFL, because we could go on forever on that one. Let's hit the boxing bell, and let's talk about some playoff clinching scenarios because we're entering a historic week 18 of the NFL. 20 teams are still in contention for a trip to the Super Bowl. That ties the most with one week remaining in the last 41 years uh, since the record 22 in 1982. So lots of clinching scenarios here. 
I'm going to skip all the scenarios in which ties are included, okay? We haven't had a tie this year. I am not counting on a tie changing anything this weekend. So let's just talk about these clinching scenarios based on wins and losses. I'm going to, first of all, talk about who's clinched, right? The 49ers, they clinched the NFC West division and the number one seed. They got the first round by home field advantage. Detroit Lions, they got the NFC North division title. The Dallas Cowboys have a playoff berth clinched. Uh, the Rams have a playoff berth clinched, and the Eagles have a playoff berth clinched. Their seeding, obviously, is yet to be determined. So let's first talk about the Atlanta Falcons. So if the Atlanta Falcons want to make it, they have to clinch the Tennessee, NFC South. It's crazy that we have three teams there at 7-9. and nine. They have to win. Tampa Bay has to lose. Quick thoughts here from the, the both of you. Will this happen for the Atlanta Falcons against the New Orleans Saints? And, Scott, I'll talk with you. I think the Falcons will win this one. I think they're more consistent top to bottom. And uh, and then Tampa Bay, right, of course. And then Tampa Bay losing as well. Is that going to happen? No, unfortunately, the Falcons will do their part, but the Bucks are going to knock them out. Particularly playing against those Carolina Panthers, who are really, really sad right now. All right, what do you think yeah. here, Ryan? Atlanta win, Tampa Bay loss. Is that going to happen for the Falcons? No. Um, not, to, not to be boring and pick the same exact thing Scott did, but uh, Bucks win. <laughs> Uh, and the Falcons also win, but ultimately this is what happens. Won't make a that. difference. It's not in your own hands. So Right, right. So the one that in which their fate is in their own hands is the Dallas Cowboys at 11-5. Obviously, they would clinch the NFC East division title and the number two overall seed uh, if they beat Washington, who is 4-12. And, and, and they basically don't need to worry about anybody else. So Dallas Cowboys, are they going to clinch that number two seed? Scott, what do you think? No, I think the script comes back Detroit's way. This is going to be redemption. And okay. uh, <laughs> <laughs> look for Sam Howell played a game of his life. <laughs> yeah, a lot of a lot of holding against Dallas. Um, okay. And uh, yeah, Washington's going to help me out, and Detroit's going to end up in the two seed anyways. Okay, no, that would be really uh, that would be really interesting. Then I would start to believe there is a script. Uh, Ryan, what do you think here? Dallas Cowboys <laughs> take care of business with the Washington Commanders or not? I mean, I wouldn't bet against uh, the Cowboys in this game, you know, if right. if, it, if, uh, if I were a betting man. But, you know, lost on the road uh, yeah. to the Dolphins, lost big against the Bills on the road, um, allowed uh, – I'm trying to look at other ones quickly. Lost on the road to the Eagles. I mean, they're just the – yeah. Dal- I, think, I think they've scored like 30 or more points up until this last game at home and like, like seven or eight consecutive – uh, home games. Um, so the Cowboys are really good at home, but they're not, they're not great yeah, on the road. They score half so, as much in, on the road. Yeah, they're really bad on the road. <laughs> yeah, you know, so, and they lost to, to Arizona on the road this year. They, they got crushed by the 49ers on the road this year, on and off. Yeah. So they're just not the same team. So uh, if there were to be any kind of su- surprising, which I put in quotes because the whole league sucks, um, and you can't predict any of this right <laughs> now, but if there were to be a surprising outcome in one of these playoff scenarios, like I could see a division team hungry to ruin their season at home, potentially uh, a lot at stake for a lot of those commanders players, just personally, you know, be invested in and try to take down their division uh, foe here. Um, so ultimately I, I would bet Cowboys, but I would not be stunned if the, if the commanders win this game. Okay. That, uh, that's, that we, I, I would be stunned. I wouldn't be stunned either. Dallas has been all over the map. Uh, Green Bay Packers. They own their own fate as well. They control their destiny. All they need to do is beat their arch rivals, the Chicago Bears, at Green Bay. They're going to be playing 
at Lambeau. So what are the chances that Green Bay Packers end up clinching their playoff berth? Uh, and Ryan, we'll start with you. I'm taking the Bears in this game. Um, I like what the Bears are doing right now. Uh, I think they've been entertaining, competitive for a month plus uh, for the most part. Uh, and uh, like I said, I'm buying in on Justin Fields. I think water found its level a little bit with Jordan Love and some of the really good play kind of in the middle of the season here. Um, mm-hmm. I do tend to think that yeah, there's a great line I think I've used on here before. I stole one from Chris Gasper of the Boston Globe, but uh, uh, winning is the ultimate deodorant. And, yes. Uh, there's there's been a lot of fractures in that in that Green Bay franchise over the last couple of years, and the the whole Jair Alexander stuff from two weeks ago was just absolutely absurd. And as you remember, uh, I wrote about Jair when he was kind of not even considered one of the top four corners coming out of that class. I love Jair, but like that whole thing says to me dysfunction. Can't trust it. I'm thinking that I like the Bears to go into Lambeau, pull off the upset, and ruin the Packers' uh, hopes. Wow, I, I certainly hope you're right on that one. That would make my day for sure. What do you think here, Scott? Do does the pack do the, does Green Bay take care of business in Lambeau against the Chicago Bears, or do they slip in the last game of the season, like they did last year to the Detroit Lions? Yeah, that's right. Um, I would love to see the Bears take them down. I'd like to see Justin Fields throw for like three hundred twenty-eight yards, four yards, or whatever. Is that all I need? <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I think the Packers will will take it at home. But I mean, this game is far from a certainty. Um, you know, the Bears have looked good. The Bears beat the Lions just a few weeks back. So, um, you know, I, I definitely think they can win. I think being at home, I give the edge to the Packers. But um, this is not a gimme game. And the league's done a really good job when they went and put all these division games in the last week of the season and tried to put yeah. them all on the same time because. It just makes the intrigue so much higher and, and all these playoff scenarios. So as much as they screw stuff up, I, I will give them credit here by putting all these matchups together. It really makes things a lot more interesting. Yeah, I, I can I can agree with that. All right, let's get to a couple more here in which they control their destiny, kind of. Uh, and that's the Philadelphia Eagles. Obviously, they get to take care of business against the Giants, at five, who are the 5-11 and 11 Giants, who uh, I guess are going to be starting Tyrod Taylor. And uh, they need the Dallas Cowboys to lose. So we already know how you guys feel about the Dallas Cowboys. Will the Eagles take care of what they can take care of and beat the Giants? And Ryan, start with you. No, they lose. Wow. Whoa. I mean, they are on a skid, but this is the Giants you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, they got a wily right. veteran in there with, with Terod Taylor. You know, sometimes, uh, again, I'll steal another phrase from, from Boston uh, local sports radio here. Uh, it's called take cornered. I'm going to go down with this ship about Nick Sirianni being a bum. Um, and, and I want to see, and I'm, so I'm rooting for the, for the wheels to completely come off. Uh, and yeah. so um, I like, I like the, the, the upset of the giants over the Eagles here. Uh, and again, it's, it's, it's been such a crazy season that I just, I don't think anything's really out of the realm of possibility in terms of upsets and stuff. So um, to Scott's point, I love the division, the division aspect here down the stretch. So give me, give me the giants and an upset. Wow. Okay. What do you think here, uh, uh, Scott, of the Eagles and the Giants? Yeah. You know, again, these the road game always makes things a little challenging. I, I do think the Eagles win, but it would not shock me at all to see um, to see the Giants pull this one off. And yeah, I always like to see Tyrod Taylor get on the field. He's had a little bit of a of a rough bad luck in his career. And when he gets right. on, he can usually put together a little bit of a game. So 
Um, yeah. Yeah, this, this will be a good one, but I do think the Eagles squeak it out. Okay. Uh, real, real quick, because this depends on the Green Bay loss. Seattle Seahawks, will they take care of business winning against the Arizona Cardinals, the 4-12 and Cardinals? And uh, Ryan, I'll start with you. Um, no, give me the Cardinals in this one. The Cardinals, Whoa. Uh, again, <laughs> uh, I'm picking all dogs this week. But don't look at my no, picks in pick them league because I won't do this. Um, but okay. no, uh, actually, I, I might because I'm down by three, so I need to, I need to pull a rabbit out. But, um, but yeah, I think uh, uh, just two things. I saw someone tweet out this weekend, and it was a good point, that the Arizona Cardinals might be the most feisty and dangerous, you know, three or four win, whatever they're at, team in the history yeah. of the NFL. Um, yeah. So that's one. Two, it's something like their strength of schedule, uh, or their sorry, their yeah, their strength of schedule of opponents they've beaten, I think is best in the league. I think I saw that in a tweet this week. week. So if really? you just take the, so take out strength of schedule in general, but strength of schedule against opponents one, they have the best, which is the exact opposite of those fraud the Dolphins who are one and four against winning record teams. But yeah, like when the when the Cardinals do win, they've beaten good teams. So, um, <laughs> okay. anyways, you uh, think uh, I'll take them in an upset over over Seattle this weekend. Wow. Okay. And what do you got here, Scott, on the Seahawks at Arizona? I'm hoping for a shootout. So I've got Kyler Murray in my last fantasy team that's still going. Okay. So <laughs> All right. Get about seven touchdowns. That's, that's fair. Um, that's but fair. I, I think the Eagle or the uh, Seahawks pulled this one off. Okay. And then finally on the NFC side, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They hold their fate in their hands as well. All they need to do is beat the two and fourteen Carolina Panthers in Carolina. Can they do it, Ryan? Yeah, Scott and I both touched on this with the Atlanta game. I mean, it's almost not even worth talking about the the, the Bucks <laughs> handily over the Panthers. Okay, and then you, Scott, agree with that, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. Quickly, Let's go to the AFC. If you're go, if you're okay. going to that game and you're sitting anywhere near the the, the Panthers owners box, just make sure you wear a poncho. <laughs> just, <laughs> that's right. Play, wear protection, guys. You know, wear a, wear some sort of catcher's outfit or something like that. Wear a helmet. Um, all right. So uh, let's go to the AFC side. Uh, Baltimore Ravens, they are clinched at the AFC North Division title, number one seed, lone first round bye, and home field advantage. The, the Kansas City Chiefs, as we mentioned before, AFC West Division title clinch, and the three seed is clinched. They can't go up or down. Uh, the Browns, 11-5, and five, uh, have a playoff berth clinched. The Miami Dolphins, even though they lost, have a playoff berth clinched as well. Buffalo Bills, they need to win in order to get into the playoffs, and they play at Miami what do you think here, Scott? I'll start with you. Buffalo Bills at Miami. Will Buffalo make their way into the playoffs? Yeah, this is the one that just is completely shocking to me because the Bills are either going to be the two seed or out of the playoffs. <laughs> right. <which laughs> I just don't understand how, as a fan, you can even wrap your head around it. But, um you know, I think the Dolphins are going to win. I think the Dolphins want that two seed. I think they want to win the East. They're at home. I'm not sure of the Waddle situation. Uh, Chubb's out, you know, for the year, which is bad for the defense. But Definitely. I think Miami firepower is going to do it. And somehow the Bills are going to be out of the playoffs when they're facing down the two seed. Yeah, that's amazing. All right, what do you think here, Ryan? The Buffalo Bills at the Miami Dolphins. You already called the Dolphins frauds. Will they be able to stop the Bills? So I'm sure this has been said other places before, but it's one of my favorite Tom Brady press conference moments where he said, uh, we didn't come this far just to come this far. The Bills right. were teetering like a month ago. They did not go on this run to now just to now just still come up short on this. That's one. Um, 
the, the Dolphins are banged up. I haven't, I'm not paying attention to the practice reports or anything like that, but, you know, we all saw mm-hmm. the Tyreek uh, ankle sprain a couple weeks ago. That looked like a high ankle sprain to me, so that doesn't right. that doesn't really go away at this point in the season now until he gets full rest until the offseason. The Dolphins are frauds. They're 1-4 against playoff teams or teams with winning records this year or something like that. I think that is the exact number, but I could be wrong by a game or so. Okay. But whatever. They're not good against winning teams. They're not going to win this game. The Bills did not do all this and go on this run to come up short. Um, and so, and, and I just, and I just think that the, I think the bills rise to the occasion. I don't think the dolphins do. I think the dolphins peak too early. Um, and, and so my money is on the bills, even though I don't think this bills roster is particularly good this year. And, and they're, they are banged up as well, but, uh, I'll take the bills in a close one, but ultimately bills, uh, pick, squeak this one out and, and make the postseason. Yep. Okay. Let's go on to a couple others here, which I think are really interesting. Indianapolis Colts against the Houston Texans. Both of those guys are teetering on the edge there at 9-7. and seven. The Colts, if they win, they clinch a playoff berth. The Houston Texans, if they win, clinch a playoff berth. What do you think here, Ryan? Uh, let's go uh, Ryan first here. Texans and Colts, who's going to win this one? Oh, uh, yeah, that, that, that division is, uh, is an absolute mess right now with the uh, – um, with the, with the, uh, whatever, all, all nine and seven or across the board or whatever. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but I'll put my money on, on, uh, on uh, the, the Houston Texans. So uh, mm-hmm. I like the tight, I think the Texans are a better team. I know they're banged up. I know, you know, um, but I think, I, I think if you put both teams at their ceiling, I, I like the Texans roster and team a lot better than I like the Colts. I like their fun Cinderella, Cinderella story this year. It's honestly kind of a coin, to- coin toss or coin flip, whatever. Um, but I'll take uh, I'll take the uh, Texans in this one. Okay, what do you think here, Scott, on the Houston Texans and the Indianapolis Colts? Big things at uh, at, at stake here for this game. Yeah, I think this is going to be a good one. I think it's um, you know interesting to see how the Colts have responded. They've had a, a kind of a sneaky good defense this year. I've had them in fantasy, and they've been able to put up some points uh, as a fantasy defense. So. They can get after the quarterback. Um, I think the Colts are going to pull this one off at home, but I don't think either one of these teams are doing anything in the playoffs at all. Mm, interesting. Yeah, and I do like what the Texans are doing. I mean, just look at where they were through the last two years. To be where they are right now with C.J. Stroud, and I know Tank Dell's out for the season, but Nico Collins and Noah Brown and Dwight Schultz, they, they are just doing amazing things. Devin Singletary as well. They're doing amazing things there, and uh, hard not to root for those Texans. All right, let's talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars since we're going across the AFC South. If they win, they clinch the AFC South division title. Where they are playing, of course, the Tennessee Titans uh, at just 5-11. and 11. They're way out, way, way out, and we don't even know who's going to be behind center that game. So what do you think here, Ryan? Will Jacksonville take care of business against the Tennessee Titans? Frauds. No. Um <laughs> Jacksonville was supposed to be the next uh, the next coming, the darling pick all off season of a dark horse team that people were saying were going to go uh, be a real viable Super Bowl candidate. Um, I thought they were fun in the second half of last year. Calvin Ridley comes in. I bought into all the hype, all that. Um, and they just, they just haven't put it together this year. And Trevor Lawrence has just not been consistent enough. And I'm not saying that his offensive line play has been uh, good enough or that there aren't other flaws on this team or holes on this team. Um, but, you know, for what this guy was supposed to be, a can't-miss prospect, I mean, look at – we'll just go back to the other team in the division we just talked about. Right. The, the stretch of play C.J. Stroud put in pre-injury 
this season. Can you think of a single stretch that Trevor Lawrence really looked like that no. since he's been here? And, and, and this was supposed to be a Peyton Manning, uh, uh, Andrew Luck, you know, type, uh, type prospect can't miss. And he, and he just hasn't been. So, um, right. you know, and I did see a rumor in the last couple, a day or two on Twitter that I, and I haven't looked much further than this, but I saw something about that. Uh, someone posts about sources believe that this really is Mike Vrabel's last game in Tennessee or whatever is the head coach. And um, right. so I think there's something to that. Just go out on a bang, take down your division opponent. So I'm taking wow. a lot of the, a lot of the divisional dogs this weekend. Uh, and uh, so I like, I like the Titans in this one um, to, to take wow. down Jacksonville. That'd be something. All right. And Scott, what do you think there? Jacksonville, will they take care of business at Tennessee? Yeah. Unfortunately this year, I've had to watch a lot of Tennessee football because I've got Derrick Henry. <laughs> and this season, my condolences. <laughs> yeah, this is terrible football. Like this, this team plays just ridiculous. There'll be games where Henry will have seven carries for four yards, and that's yeah. just that line. They have no identity. They've had injuries at quarterback. I get it, but it's just this hodgepodge of garbage. And I don't think Jacksonville's that good either, but. I mean, if they can't beat this team that – I mean, I don't want to say they've given up, but, I mean, Tennessee has just put up just nothing, um, you know, other than the Monday night game against Miami a month ago. Right. I mean, right. they've been just atrocious this season, and it, it's brutal to watch. So, I've got to right. go Jacksonville just because I'm sick of watching Derrick Henry put up four <laughs> points. Yeah, they they have been absolutely uh, horrible. And like I said, I don't know who's going to be behind center. Maybe back to Tannehill this week. Um, Pittsburgh Steelers, last one on the AFC side. This is uh, They're playing the Baltimore Ravens on Saturday afternoon. And we all know the Baltimore Ravens, I've already said they're going to be sitting at least some of their players, at least some of the time. Uh, they obviously don't want to be bit like they were in 2019 where they sat everybody, had a massive lay- layoff, and got knocked off immediately on their first game back. Um so they probably will see the starters for at least a few minutes, we think, but we don't know. Harbaugh's already said that this is a totally different team, totally different DNA. So the Steelers could be playing a bunch of backups, but they need more than a win. They need the win. They need Buffalo to lose, or they need Jacksonville to lose, or they need Houston and Indianapolis to tie. Um, what do you think here, Ryan? Is this going to happen for Pittsburgh? No. I got the Ravens in this one. Um, wow. And I, okay. I fully believe in, 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 in what, in the way these games should be approached uh, are that uh, the goal should be to play full tilt in the first half, get up big, turn it over to your backups and have them play full tilt as well. I think the Ravens roster is deep. I think they're talented I think too much. They can throw at the Steelers um, and they score quickly. I mean, again, you know, not to just keep harping on our own fantasy, performance mm-hmm. because, I mean I, as somebody who had Lamar Jackson in fantasy especially over the well, last yeah. like, two months or whatever you know I, I'd have four Yahoo updates in the first like 15 minutes on Sunday when I'd be out doing yard work or something like that and I'd right. like, what the hell is going on it's all Lamar because they can yeah. just they can just start you know torching people I think he's on an MVP uh, campaign right now um, yeah. so I don't expect to see them playing deep into the second half or maybe even the second quarter, but I wouldn't be surprised right. if they come out there and they're up 21, nothing, you know, five minutes into the second quarter. And now they can take their foot off the gas in terms of personnel uh, mm-hmm. and, and then go do the other thing. Um, so yeah, it's dangerous to sit everybody and to take it off. Uh, Cause then you can lose some mojo, 
Um, yep. But you also, you know, got to find that balance of not, you know, playing guys and putting them for an injury. So. Right, exactly. Yep. Uh, so what do you think here, Scott? Uh, the, do you think the Pittsburgh is going to find a way to find their way into the playoffs, or is this over for them with Baltimore? Yeah, so I also have Lamar Jackson, and I had Mark Andrews, and thankfully picked up Isaiah Likely yeah, in fantasy. And unfortunately, for those reasons, I'm certain they're going to sit them for the entire game because I, <laughs> they're on my roster. And yeah, me too. And therefore, the the Steelers um, are going to get another bump from the NFL script and make their way into the playoffs. Wow. Um, okay. You know, the most, unfortunately, I'd much rather. I feel like Lamar the Steelers would be the most undeserving team <laughs> to ever make the playoffs. Yeah. Um, but you know, I guess stranger things have happened. Uh, all right, let's go ahead and hit the boxing bell on that because that is all the clinching scenarios on the AFC and NFC. Let's very quickly, we only got five minutes left on the show, so let's very quickly talk some fantasy football for those of you who are playing in Week 18. As uh, you just mentioned there, Scott, we already know that the Ravens are going to rest people. We know the 49ers are going to rest people. I wouldn't be surprised if the Chiefs rest people because they don't actually have nothing at stake this upcoming week. They are locked into the three seed, whether they win or lose. Then there are a lot of fantasy players there and those three teams. You got the aforementioned Lamar Jackson. Of course, you got Zay Flowers coming on, Isaiah Likely, and, and you have the running, you have Gus Edwards, of course. Then you have Christian McCaffrey for the 49ers, Brock Purdy, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, and then you go over to the Chiefs, and oh my goodness, it's like everybody's roster. You got Patrick Mahomes, you got um, you got Travis Kelce, and you got Rasheed Rice. You probably got Isaiah Pacheco as well. I mean, this is this could be devastating for a fantasy player. I'll start with you first, Scott. Any suggestions for who you would pick up in order to take those places if you're playing in Week 18? Yeah, I think you've got to look down the down the line at who's playing for something, and and see who's available. So, in the low end, you know, quarterback availability, you've got a Derek Carr who. Yeah, you know, I have him. I've had him at a backup. He can, you know, he can put up 15, 20 points, you know, on a good day. So he's one to look at. Yeah, Minnesota, multiple scoring tosses maybe. in four straight games, by the way. So he's I, I, he's scoring. So he's definitely putting up points. And he's on my starting lineup this week. <laughs> um, Josh Dobbs may make a, a return. You know, Minnesota, they haven't been able to figure things out. They've got to make a decision. Um, Joe Flacco's. Only 34% owned. They don't really. Yeah, I love that one. Um, yeah, multiple TDs in every start for Joe Flacco, and over 300 yeah. passing yards in his last four. I mean, he's reborn. <laughs> Joe Flacco is reborn. <laughs> so, and and on the wide receiver side, um, kind of a disappointment, but coming on lately is uh, Jamison Williams in Detroit. Mm-hmm. He's had nine points the last three straight weeks, and He's been sniffing the end zone quite a bit. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you're you're really thin at wide receiver and you're looking for somebody that could get you somewhere between nine and 15 points, uh, Jamison Williams is still out there as well. So th- those are the guys I'm I'm looking at for this week. Okay. Ryan, any thoughts from you on, on those you uh, target? Or are you just going to blow up and say, forget fantasy football, we're done? <laughs> hey, hey, don't don't cast aspersions at me. I'm yeah, gonna, but, I'm gonna, but I am going <laughs> to... I'm going to stay on Brandon be a piece of shit here for a second, and this is no disrespect to you, Scott, but if you uh, are in a fantasy league that's playing in week, eight, in week 18, what you need to do is find a different fantasy football league to be in. This is the exact <laughs> reason you shouldn't be in this. 
is because yeah. this nightmare scenario where all the good teams are benching all their players and now you get to do it. I understand. It might take more skill to do it. I just would not do it. 20-year-old yeah. me might have done it. 35-year-old me doesn't have the time to sit here and, and try to put this all together <laughs> in week 18. Okay. Don't worry. At 65-year-old you will have time again. Don't worry, Ryan. It'll, it'll, it'll come back around. I so, got to make uh, it there first. My, uh, my 18-week league is, is hit, hit their 25th year this year. Okay. okay. We've, well, that's we've been doing it for a long time. Yeah, yeah. My my uh, my 18 week league uh, is unfortunate. I've only just joined three years ago, so it has been very challenging. But I can't hate on them because I've I've won it every year. So this is this is this may be this may be oh, the, the, the cherry on the cake. Put that in. Listen just to saying, this guy. Just saying, oh, guys. Yeah. <laughs> my, I, I, I win every time. Every no I just deal. win a lot. I just I mean it's, it's just a fact. Anyway, wow. I will suggest this. Tyrod Taylor, the Giants, four percent owned. If you're really desperate, why not? You know, take a, I mean, he's going to play his heart out. I mean, he's going to get out there. He's playing for a job, and I think uh, he has a lot of upside. Khalil Herbert of the Bears, fifty-three percent owned, twenty carries for one hundred twelve yards and a TD in one week, and one hundred twenty-four in the next. So another good option there. And of course, Demarcus Robinson of the Rams, twenty-eight percent owned. Has a TD in four of his last five games. You need a wide receiver. He's widely available as well. So go ahead and take a look there. And that takes us to the end of the show. So let's go ahead and hit the air horn on the show. All right, Ryan, why don't you give us your social media so people can follow you? You can fo- follow me at, uh, at Ryan Whitfield NE. And if you want to reach me on Twitter, just hashtag fire Nick Sirianni. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I'm, I'm fully, I'm fully hoping that you start that wave on Twitter because I think that'd be fantastic. I will join right on with that one. Scott, give us your social media so people can follow you. Yeah, hit me up at uh, NFL Fantasy underscore more um, Lions, refs, NFL, college, whatever. I'm, I'm there for it. Yeah, and 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 he does not shy away from a little bit of back and forth, folks. So don't shy away from tweeting at Scott. I'll tell you that right now. Let me quickly say thank you to Manscaped uh, for sponsoring us. Get 20% off and free shipping at the promo code garbage time at manscaped.com. Also, we're brought to you by BetUS. Receive 125% sportsbook bonus upon initial, uh, initial deposit. Use the link in our podcast to get that special offer. You can find me at Football Garbage Time and on Twitter or X at Football at FB Garbage Time. You can find me at the Garbage Time page on Facebook as well. Thank you also to Athlon Sports for citing to us and including our tweet in your article about the ref issue in uh, Cincinnati in that Cincinnati Bengals and Chiefs game. As usual, thank you for listening and wasting time with us. Until next time, enjoy your NFL week.